right, kids, good morning. What's going on? It's a little early, but uh, I went to bed early and I'm up and it's quarter of four. So let's get this show on the road now. The original Red Pill Show. Welcome to a brand new episode. Oh, why do I do that every time? All right, here we go. The original Red Pill Show. Welcome to a brand new episode. of our two previous encounters is now very clear to me. I do not intend to be distracted by another. Good night, Mr. Bond. Do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Enjoy them as much as any bloke. But in a spirit of commemoration whereby those important events of the past, usually associated with someone's death or the end of some awful bloody struggle, are celebrated with a nice holiday... I thought we could mark this November the 5th, a day that is sadly no longer remembered, by taking some time out of our daily lives to sit down and have a little chat. There are, of course, those who do not want us to speak. We think, just let me think. I suspect even now, orders are being shouted into telephones, and men with guns will soon be on their way. It's chances that... Damn it! Why? Because while the truncheon may be used in lieu of conversation, words will always retain their power. Words offer the means to meaning, and for those who will listen, the enunciation of truth. And the truth is, there is something terribly wrong with this country, isn't there? You designed it, sir. You wanted it foolproof. You taught me every television in London. Cruelty and injustice, intolerance and oppression. And where once you had the freedom to object, to think and speak as you saw fit, you now have sensors and systems of surveillance coercing your conformity and submitting your submission. We need cameras. How did this happen? Who's to blame? Well, certainly there are those who are more responsible than others. They will be held accountable. But again, truth be told, if you're looking for the guilty, you need only look into a mirror. There is no escape. Don't make me destroy you. Luke, you do not yet realize your importance. You have only begun to discover your power. Join me, and I will complete your training. With our combined strength, we can end this destructive conflict and bring order to the galaxy. I'll never join you! If you only knew the power of the dark side. Do you want to know what it is? The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now in this very room. You can see it when you look out your window or when you turn on your television. 
You can feel it when you go to work, when you go to church, when you pay your taxes. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. What truth? That you are a slave, Neo. Like everyone else, you were born into bondage, born into a prison that you cannot smell or taste or touch. A prison for your mind. We move south to find Navia. The Crixus and the other Gauls chase lost hope. Spartacus! The decision's been made. We must stand as one. Or fall. Divided. <coughs> A lesson hard learned. Shackle will be struck from every slave upon our path. We will see our numbers grow. And when they have become legion, we will face Glaba and the hordes of Rome again. And the gods shall weep for their suffering.
All right, kids, welcome to another exciting episode of the original Red Pill Show. Today is Monday, yuck. Okay, Mondays, Monday, February 27th, 2023, this show is for entertainment. And educational purposes, please use at your own risk. This show is copyrighted by me and Freedom Revolution Network. Uh, no part of it can be reused, rebroadcasted in any way, shape, or form without written consent. You can just ask. Finally, this show is opinionated. The hosts, especially callers, people that join the show, are and always will be opinionated. Under no circumstances whatsoever should opinions be taken as advice. If you're seeking professional advice, strongly encourage you to hire a license if required. Person and his or her feel their little tummy. Yes, how are you today? Oh, Monday. Oh, it's a balmy 42 degrees out, so my computer says. Nice. So how was your weekend? Mine was pretty much uneventful. <clears throat> but uh, I usually go to the theater, but there's really nothing I want to see. Uh, there's this like Jesus movie I want to see with uh, Kelsey Grammer in it. I almost went to that, but I didn't. But it probably was something I should have went and saw because it's what I need. I don't know about you all, but uh, I don't know. But I decided to reactivate my Netscape. Netscape? Oh, man. Holy shit. Netflix. Boy, that dates me. Netscape. Wow. Good morning, by the way. And uh, reactivated my Netflix. And um, one of the top, no, was it? Yeah, one of the top, I think it's one of the top 10 streaming uh, movies in the country off of Netflix is a movie called Interceptor. Interceptor. It's an action movie. It I don't know if there's any truth to it at all, but I found the timing odd because in Fort Greeley in Alaska, pretty much on the most southern eastern part of Alaska, there is an interceptor like Patriot system, according to the movie, to stop ICBMs coming in from Russia. Or anybody, actually, but they specifically said Russia. And then there's a platform sitting somewhere in the vicinity around Hawaii, or 1,500 miles from there. And uh, that's a platform 
like an oil rig, that's another interceptor platform. So this chick, and I I love chicks in action movies like uh, Michelle Rodriguez, um, Claudia Black and Farscape. Um, there was a movie about at least 10 years ago. She's pretty badass and she knew. I don't know what she knew. I would probably say Israeli martial arts military the way that she uh her moves and and her technique and everything i would say she's probably either that or the russian ironically or israeli but i would probably say israeli self-defense moves and tactics and uh good morning patricia and uh i'm watching this movie yesterday and it was directed by chris helmsworth after i started seeing the credits uh, which is the guy to place Thor in uh, the Marvel movies. Pretty impressive. This guy, uh, Chris Helmsworth, was really impressive. I mean, if you have not seen his, uh, is it Limitless off of the National Geographic? It's on the Disney app. I think it's called Limitless, where he's going for longevity and health stuff and Everything else. I mean, uh, in conquering your fears, of, like fear of heights and stuff. Really, really, really cool. Nutrition. Um, fascinating. Shock therapy as far as uh, water, temperature, sauna, what it does to the body. Very interesting shit. I, I would watch that uh, if I were you because I did. And some of the episodes are kind of corny when he i think is one of the last episodes in that series he's old and he wears a suit to restrict his movement and ends up in an old folks home that one i wasn't really crazy about that one but nonetheless the guy's really um broadening his talents and not just playing thor <laughs> so uh, but this this movie, so I watched it, and um, I have a problem with Netflix movies because they're subpar B, you know, B movies, and um, the acting just isn't that convincing. So I... Uh, Saying what the hell? You know, I wanted to watch them. So this chick that <laughs> that's the uh star of the show is bad ass. She supposedly has a Spanish accent, but I'm not convinced. Um it's almost like Arnold's accent but it's not i don't I, it's definitely from over from the across the pond i don't know i can't really nail it and i like trying to figure out people's accents but she's barely understandable like arnold was in the very beginning i don't know who she is but she she just kicked ass in this fucking movie man and to Netflix credit, 
th- this movie um, was very entertaining, convincing, and impressive. And I would say uh, it definitely moves up to the A listers as far as performance. There wasn't one bad performance from anybody in this movie. It, it was very entertaining. There was no dead spots. And, of course, you have to get the character familiar, familiarity. Jesus, let me see. Familiarity. <clears throat> All the characters are, sta- are established. It's really, I mean, probably after the first 20 minutes, you're, like, hooked. Very, very, very cool. But she's fucking badass. And she's, uh, fuck, I don't know, 5'1", maybe 5'2", if I had to guess. Um, In great shape. And um, attractive, but not a not a knockout attractive, but attractive. And uh, I think after probably a six pack, she'd be a ten. She's probably like an eight. You know, I don't I don't want to sound like an asshole, but you know, she's not a Barbie doll chick. She's a fucking badass. <laughs> she's really uh, I'm a fan. I don't know who she is. I'll have to look her up. I'm a fan. She was just off the charts. Very, very cool. Very cool. So if you're looking for something going through Netflix, check out the uh, Interceptor, I think it's called. Now I'm thinking of the motorcycle, the Honda motorcycle. Is that what I said, Interceptor? I don't even freaking know. Oh, Patricia dropped out. Okay, well, sorry. I'm just starting out here. Maybe she had to go to work. I don't know. I ain't going to take it personally. Whatever. I got enough other fucking demons to deal with. Uh, The movie Interceptor. Is it off Netflix? Yeah, that's it. Oh, Chris Helmsworth is in it? Whoa. I totally missed that. I only gave it two two and a half stars. That's not true. Elsa Pataki is her name. Wow. That's really... uh, (laughs) Jeez. Oh, they're showing her, him and Chris Holmesworth. Also, okay, now her. That was his first wife? She is Spanish. That was his first wife. Wow. Huh, okay. Um... She's 46 years old. She don't look it. She's 5'3". Sorry, I was a couple inches off. It's not like I've seen her in person. Not bad, though. Uh, Wait, is that... Is that his current wife? Why would they say first wife? Okay, Wikipedia, here we go. You know, I wish you people be just a little more clearer. Okay, that is his wife. 
2010. Okay. Well, then I better show a little more. Well, I don't mean to disrespect, but just a little bit more respect. Wow. <laughs> That's really cool. Huh. Yeah, well, anyway, I'm a fan. That that doesn't surprise me. Um Yeah, she's really I mean, okay. Now she's a ten since she's Chris Helmsworth wife. She's a ten. <laughs> so sorry. I I just really like that guy. I really do. So I don't want to disrespect him at all. So I got retracting to do. <laughs> she's wanting him coming pissed at me uh sorry 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 shit i i who would have thought regardless okay forget it. great 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 movie i'm telling you um i might watch it again just to find chris helmsworth in it i i didn't see him in there and i'm usually pretty perceptive with that kind of stuff anyway so check it out um very impressive movie and it was uh very well done. The effects were really well done. Uh, but I brought it up because it's not too far from being reality. Uh, if this shit keeps up. And I'm not going to get into that. But what I, what I think I'm going to get into is me. So today is going to be a come to Jesus uh, defining moment once again look at that 4,000 4,000 freaking listeners holy crap I never would have thought I'm looking at the stats page on uh, Podbean Colorado, Illinois. I'd really like to know who's listening to Illinois. I, I mean, I know who, well, I know one for sure. California, New Jersey, Connecticut, Florida, and Indiana. Wow. Or Idaho, not Indiana. Wow. That's just 12 people in Illinois. I don't even think I associate with 12 people in Illinois. So I don't know. I, that that kind of raises suspicion to me without paranoia, but I don't know. I can kind of have some ideas. Hopefully it's all positive and good. Hopefully it's not um, people coming at me sideways like they continue to do. But uh, and it, that's kind of what I'm going to talk about. So... I have been contemplating, this is probably the best word, contemplating writing a autobiography, a book. And I was waiting for the right time because timing is everything. Well, the time has come, and I didn't know what when that would be, but I would know it when it happened. And uh, just like getting married, you know, oh, I'm going to get married on this date. It's like, yeah, whatever. Got to find a girl first. You know, so it happens. And uh, my dad passed away like the weekend after Thanksgiving. He was, this is going to sound like daddy issues. <laughs> so, because it is. 
Uh, and some people know this, so in, but a lot don't. But uh, you're a product of your environment. My dad had lung cancer and fought it for over two years. Never complained once. Said he did it to himself. He was smoking since he was a kid. I would hide his cigarettes when I was a kid, and he threatened to kick my ass if I touched them. Again, as a kid kid, like five or six, seven years old. Um, both him and my mother caught COVID and went to the hospital and had chest x-rays, and that's when they found uh, the lung cancer in his lungs from COVID. And uh, I guess that's one good thing about COVID, probably the only thing. And uh, immediately went on to chemotherapy and, and everything else and um, made great progress. But just like all the side effects and things that chemo does to you uh, or a person, lost his hair, lost a lot of weight. I mean, just was actually deteriorating right in front of me. And I saw the big differences because I would have to go back to Illinois and see him. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, my mother called me the worse it got, the less my dad called me and my dad and I were not close at all. He's not even my dad. He's my stepdad. And that makes a lot more sense in to the treatment of me, uh, like compared to my sister or, or how you, how you protect and, um, treat your own kids. I wasn't his kid. So that makes a lot more sense and even more so now from this perspective, but, uh, the sicker he got and the worse it got, uh, my mom kept updates, but my dad wouldn't call me, but he would call other people because they told me and I'm like, Oh, you know, I didn't say nothing, but I'm like, okay. So the worse he got, the, the more distant we got, which, you know, couldn't get much worse. But, um, my mom called me and said, we're going to the hospital, see how your dad's doing. And wasn't good. And, uh, The cancer was in his bones, and they rec the doctors recommended kicking up, kicking up the chemo. I also had a friend, so I can put her into this. Stacy, little redhead, I known her since she was th three years old. Just hell on wheels, always a fighter. She had breast cancer, which she said she's pretty sure she got it from the pill. That was what she told me. And uh, she fought like hell. And um, stage four, both of them. And both of them on the latest and greatest uh, magic crap out there. And uh, when they both got kicked up to the next phase of stronger treatments, it killed both of them uh, within a difference of six months. So I lost two people that were very, very close to me.
all my life. Obviously, my dad all my life. And Stacy from when she was three. So I was probably five or six or seven, something like that. Lifelong friend. And I saw the fight that these two, you couldn't find two more stubborn fucking people in your life. Trust me. Uh, and that came out when it was time to fight. And um, I've asked both of them to talk to me after I lost them. And there is no sense of time after you pass on. I mean, five minutes could be five years. Uh, I haven't heard shit from my dad. Uh, that would be in dreams. Uh, but about... Two or three weeks ago, I had a very clear dream about Stacy. <laughs> this is fucking weird. Uh, so my front door, someone's knocking on my front door, and I open it, and it's her. I'm like, Stacy? I thought, you're dead. You know? She's like, nope, I didn't go anywhere. I'm like, okay. And I wish I could re reflect or remember the details of the dream. Cause I didn't even remember the dream until later in the day, but she essentially just told me that she's fine and everything's okay. I'm like, wow. Oh, like, okay. So that's cool. Uh, but I haven't heard shit from my fucking dad. I don't think I'm going to, um, I've just asked him for help, and I said, Dad, please help the truth come out here because uh, I ain't talking to my family anymore because of their choices. And, uh, you know, maybe he's not wasting time with me. Maybe he's trying to get through to my family, quote, unquote. I don't know. But I entitled this episode... Never stop fighting or whatever the fuck it says. Uh, and that, that's a phrase from the movie I watched last night. And um, that kind of resonated with me because you can't, you can't never quit. Never quit. Never stop fighting, whatever that means to you. Now, I don't want any compassion, empathy, or sympathy. This is a message to people that are going through some fucking shit right now. So I started a new job again about four months ago. And last week I was riding with a guy because I was training him. And he asked me stuff about my background or experience or whatever personally. And I'm like, yeah. I really don't like talking about it, especially at work. But I mean, if like if I go, if you want to hear it, I'll tell you. So hang on a minute, because I need another cup of coffee. Hang on. Okay. 
All right. So I started telling this guy. I think he asked me how I ended up in Colorado. You know, originally being from Shithole, Illinois. And uh, I shared the story of how things started going downhill. Anywhere from my marriage to my family to the loyalty decisions of my family, including my wife at the time. And uh, my business, which, of course, was all intricately connected because it's my fucking wife. Okay. <laughs> so it's like happy wife, happy life. And she's not happy. Uh, yeah. So, but I never thought in a million years that would ever happen because our marriage was um, amazing. And it really was. She's my best friend. We worked together, of course, lived together, slept together. Um, never in a million years would I think she would betray me, especially when it was a family member. Okay. <laughs> so I told this guy, this guy what happened and he just looked at me and he goes, it's amazing that you're still here. Now I've heard stories specifically in law enforcement, military that, and I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying, you know, I, I've been told that before. Just put it that way. I've been told, oh, Tim, you know, I got friends and they got worse and, uh, you know, they blew their brains out. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, mm, wow. I mean, I've never, and this is just, this story for me about me is just like a paragraph in my entire life. And it, it's probably the one that cuts the deepest because betrayal, um, you don't see it coming. You know, I mean, you don't, I never would have got married if, if I saw it coming. And mark my words, you're going, you, whoever's listening, are going to be tested with this because you won't see it coming. And, you know, I, I just listened to the guy with his comments and um, it wasn't of self-pity or, I mean, pity or anything. It was more like, you know, like, wow, and you're still here, that type of thing. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't give up and I don't give up. I'll walk away. I'll move on, but I don't give up. I never have, and I and I never will. But I could probably, and some people know this story, and I think it needs to be shared, not because I want the attention, not because of anything else, because it should be an example in that arena to never give up, no matter what no matter what. Now, of course, there's at least three sides to a story, my side, their side and the truth. But
but I can promise you that my side's the truth. Unfortunately, I can't prove it. But I'm going to let God, as he's been doing, prove that. And when that happens, it's not going to be good. And I don't want to be anywhere near that. Somehow, some way, I've been painted the bad guy. The, the guy that the guy that deserves everything that's happened to me uh, in the past seven to 10 years. So it's been seven years. So, and all the, well, all this shit started in 2008, to be honest with you. Uh, but regardless, my, it's like, I deserved to be destroyed. And so many times I've been told that I didn't do anything. And that, I mean, I'm not going to say that, I was perfect, but the the punishment didn't fit the crime. And there really wasn't any crimes committed. It was just dealing with life. Uh, but I will dare say there was conspiratory actions because the definition of a conspiracy is more than three people. And <laughs> there was definitely more than three people that wanted me to go down. And most of them were family members. Um, I'm supposed to learn a karmic lesson somehow about betrayal, uh, or something. So I must've been a motherfucker in some past lives to learn this and the value of family, which I've always, always have. I mean, what's the point of doing any of this stuff if there's no family, but I have been, how does it work? I've been accused, arrested without a fair trial and convicted and sentenced to death, except this is worse than death. It's death by 5,000 cuts. Everything that I've worked so hard for, this is going to sound depressing. It's, it's not though. Everything I've worked so hard for has been, it's kind of like therapy for me too. So, but there's a happy ending for five bucks. Everything in my entire life since I got back together with my girlfriend at the time who had my daughter and we both decided not to blame each other for our problems or issues, uh, which lasted 27 years. The total time lasted 30 years and all my hard work and then my business and, uh, you know, I could reflect a little bit on my business, uh, but it has all been taken from me. I didn't lose it. It's been taken from me. All my possessions. Try coming home when you're going through your divorce and your wife just leaves you with three animals and you're working 14 hours a day. And she won't let you hire a dog person to come in and let the dogs out. And then she uh, says she's going to take my pets from me. 
which was nothing more than to hurt me and came and got my dogs after I begged her because that's all I had left uh, as any type of interaction with any type of living thing in a big ass 3,200 square foot empty fucking house, which she left all the pictures of me and my son in the house, but took care of all the other ones. She's fucking psychotic. Anyway, I begged her not to take my St. Bernard. She left me with my bull mastiff who I had to put down six months later because she had cancer. So she, I don't know why, but she left me Sabrina, which is a dog that she had to have from the pet shop in Rockford, but whatever. Great, great dog. I mean, I wouldn't have made it without that dog. There's no doubt about it. But she came and took my St. Bernard Rocky, whom I don't even know what happened to him because she gave him to my daughter and son-in-law. Big shocker. Uh, and the dog, I guess, was acting out, of course, because he's looking for mom and dad and what the fuck is going on. And I begged her not to take him, and she did. Right around my birthday, which is Thursday. And then I found out that my daughter and my son-in-law had to get rid of Rocky because he's acting out. And I don't know what happened to him since. And I remember one time my daughter got a hold of me and said, do you want Rocky? <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Now after he's all fucked up and has all these goddamn mental problems, uh, looking for mom and dad, um, are you wanting now? You want me to take him? Oh, yeah, sure. After they've been utterly destroyed, bankruptcy, <laughs> lost everything, and now you, now you want me to take them. And uh, I've thought a few times to go find them, but I think it would damage the dog more than do good. Um, because then if he saw me and smelled me and, oh, dad's back, so where's mom? Mom's... Uh, Mom's not mom. She stopped being mom a little while ago. She likes inflicting pain and destroying things and uh, walking away from her kids or her son. And uh, yeah, and it's not mom. I don't know who that woman is, but it's not mom. And uh, anyway, I would just decided not to um, pursue that. And maybe, you know, I'll see in this movie last night and then my birthday coming up. Now that I'm thinking about it, you know, I do see some connections here. But it still, it tore me apart, but it still did not do enough to destroy me, which was, of course, the intention because I was told that. Two statements from somebody that you protected and, and provided for and had children with in a business and two statements were... Uh, I will protect my son-in-law at all costs for my wife, ex-wife, best friend. And I am going to destroy you, which my response was, you're going to destroy everything. And she did. I hope that goes into the list of accompl accomplishments for her. But that still was not enough to ever make me think 
to put harm to myself. It was rough. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I, I got to do a kind of Quentin Tarantino thing here. Because I also have to talk about my dad. It just seems to be a pattern. So in 1983, first of all, my dad was a drunk. He'd come home every night after, quote, unquote. Now, people that have been raised in a with a parent that is an alcoholic can relate to this. Some won't, some won't believe it. I don't really give two flying fucks. So he, because it's true. I'll take a polygraph anytime. <laughs> Fucking just tell me when and where and I'll do it. 1983, my dad would come home drunk after he said, quote unquote, he was working late. You know, listen, I didn't, I didn't pick this battle. Okay. I mean, I would love to leave this in the past, but it was clear to me at my dad's wake in the funeral, how I was treated and, and the things that happened that. I'm out. I'm out of my own family. I wasn't even invited back for Christmas. And that on top of uh, how I was treated by my own family, my own sister, my own mother. My, my mom was okay. My mom was okay. But I was there for her. And I put my dad underground. But it was crystal clear when you're watching a PowerPoint slide presentation of your dad's uh, family life and, and, you know, pictures all the way back to when they got married till, you know, the time that he passed that I'm not in one of them. <laughs> so that was, that's pretty, uh, yeah. Okay. I get it. And it was just the icing on the cake for everything, you know, cause I didn't do nothing to my fucking dad. And in fact, I busted my ass why he underpaid me and oppressed me and promised me half of the business as a kid uh, and underpaying me why he paid for two college degrees for my sister. Uh, yeah. Who conveniently escaped from this fucking nightmare, which I guess she's smarter than me. But she wasn't told that she could go to college or make $50,000 in five years and have half of a company or buy half of a company. And that's what I was told. Now here to my, to my dad's credit, he had over 35 years of sobriety. So he figured his shit out, but he never made amends to me. I uh, cast him out of my life. My wife at the time convinced me to reconnect with him. I think she probably did that for my kids. My kids needed to see their grandparents. So, you know, I, I think I can't speak for her. I don't know what her motive was or intentions, but at the time that woman I married, I think it was probably for the benefit of the family and my kids. So I'm going to say that. And I reconnected with him and I met him at Biagi's in Algonquin on Randall Road. And uh, I told him, I'm going to let God deal with you. I'm turning this over to God. And our relationship, um, he never told me he loved me. Now, here goes the boohoo stuff. 
I, t- I tell my son and my kids and I did all the time. I love them. Uh, never told me that never, uh, like I said, never made amends. I mean, it was way past that. Anyway, he was just, he was just a guy that I knew that I lived with like a roommate. I guess my dad was my roommate. Now, in credit to my mom, she got rid of my real dad, who was a fucking loser and an asshole, and he's dead now, too, because I met him in 1999. I looked for him because I made the mistake that I just want to find a quote unquote normal family to have in my life for dad. And this guy was just the biggest fucking loser on the planet. So uh, I met him once and then he was supposed to come visit me and he never did. And uh, that was in 1999 and he's passed away. And I know that because my daughter did that genealogy crap, Ancestry.com or something. And uh, I guess she ran into some of my my family members by blood. Uh, and she shared that with me when we reconnected for a short time. But back in 1983, <laughs> when I ba- barely graduated high school, he pulled me on the back porch in Streamwood, Illinois. And he said, well, what do you want to do with your life? He was drunk. Of course. I don't like, I don't fuck. I don't fucking know. I fucking just got, barely got out of high school. You know, well, you can go to college or you can work for me. And in five years, make 50 grand and buy half the company. Eventually not may not. Well, you know, this is a possibility. No, it was option A or option B, very crystal clear. I knew I was in college material. I would have got thrown out because I would have met all my friends and partied and I would have got thrown out. I know, I know me at that time. So I'm like, yeah, I don't see myself being college material. So I'll take the business. <laughs> well, I took that. I, as soon as I started, uh, see now here's where it gets where, uh, 18, 19 year old kid is stupid. Okay. Or trusting or whatever. I call people stupid, but it's really that you're trusting. Okay. It's my fucking dad. Okay. I'm 18, 19 years old. Okay. Again, if you can't trust family members, who in the fuck can you trust? Please tell me besides your pets that are taken from you after you beg them not to. So I'm like, I'll take the business. Well, what I wasn't told was that my dad's partner uh, and it's proven today had a different plan because he was president. My dad was vice president. So of course, if you're the president, you know, his secession plan was to have his family take over the business not my dad or me of course i didn't know that silly me i just thought we're all going to work together and just have a kick-ass company but no it's the it's the classic fight for power legacy situation like fighting for the throne you know which was not even in my head so My dad's partner's son was working there shortly before me. 
and he was supposed to straighten out the shop. Okay. And all this came back because all this convergence, cause I ran into him at my dad's uh, wake and it just like floored me to see him because the guy was nothing but problems for me and literally told me that the plan was to get rid of me out of the company. So it took me everything and then some, and then when I quit working there at the company, he actually sabotaged and found out where it was going and told that employer, well, if you hire Tim, he's just going to quit anyway. Um, see, and I, I can't, when I fired people at work for me and I'm not going to say their name, just going to, I mean, when I, when I fire people, I just like, okay, you know, they're gone. But when I fired people that I saw potential in, uh, not necessarily liked them, but I saw protection, uh, uh, you know, potential. It's just that my company wasn't a fit for them. I actually got him a job and that happened to a guy that I got into the industry and he just wasn't working out. And I said, you know, you're more of a union mentality type of guy and you know, your behavior and you know, you would fit great. And a guy I know that owns a union company. So I will talk to him to see if I can get a job there. And I did. And he still works there and he's in local 597, which that's a whole different subject that I don't want to talk about right now because they didn't take care of me, but that's a whole, that's a whole nother chapter in this book, but he is still there and he's the top guy there at that company. So that, see, that's the type of person I am and people that really know me know that. But people that would fuck with me or cause me problems or start taking actions that want to make me their enemy, well, that's not a problem. You started it. So my dad's partner's son was supposed to clean up the shop and organize, organize it and this and that. He was there for like six months or fucking whatever. It never got it done. So the first thing I did in the first week is I organized an entire fucking shop and I actually scrubbed and mopped the floors because I worked in a restaurant at night when I was going to school to get the hell out of high school and pay for my 1978 Camaro that I bought. And uh, I had to pay for it and I had to go to school during the day and pay for it working three nights a week at Roy Rogers and Woodfield Mall. And we would close the restaurant night from front to back, scrubbing the floor with hot water and tide and mopping it up. So I just cleaned the living fuck out of the shop, <laughs> including the floor. And I think that was right there. That was like, and I don't know why people do this, but. Oh, well, Tim tried to make me look bad. I'm going to think, fuck you, man. You made yourself look bad. I did in a week what it take, try to take you six months, you lazy fuck. You know? So, and, and that was the start of, I guess, retaliatory action towards me. Okay? I don't give up. I have a reputation in my profession. Well, Part of, part of it depends on who you talk to, but they cannot deny this. 
I will not walk away from something and I know, unless I know it's fixed. So I have a reputation of fixing things other people can't, and I still do. You don't start a business with nothing in the last 20 years because you don't know what the fuck you're doing, which I tried telling my ex-wife after she tried taking the company over and my son-in-law and my daughter. Fucking <laughs> How far do you want to go? And I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get that. Like I'm just doing what I do, but, and I lead by example. It's like, well, fuck if he won't do it, I'll do it. And then I did, you know what I mean? What's wrong with that? But it seems like people think like, well, maybe I should ask him because I don't want to upset him, which doesn't even come into my head. If it's got to be done, it's like if there's a fire, literally a fire. Oh, well, should I ask these people? Should I put this out so I don't want to upset them because I'm going to have to use water or a fire extinguisher and get powder everywhere? So I don't maybe I shouldn't do that uh, until I ask them, is the fire burned? Is that what you're supposed to do? Cause that ain't me. I don't get it, man. I don't get this pussy foot hurting my feelings. Oh, well, you know, you just, you made me look bad. No, you made yourself look bad. You. So that was the very beginning of the end. And it appears to me when I look outside trying to figure this out that I'm always a threat to somebody. I don't know why. I just don't know why I, I'm here to do what we got to do to set example and lead and let's just fucking get it done. Okay. Oh, you made me look bad because you know, you fixed that ice machine and I couldn't. So fuck you. Oh, really? Okay. Well, my competition can say that, but somebody that works for me or something like that, that I, I don't understand that attitude. It's not about you. Sorry to say you're not that important and neither am I. It's fixing the piece of equipment so the customer is taken care of. You got a problem with that, then you got a problem. So I think that cleaning the shop and all that was the first uh, strike against me. I don't know. I mean, I just I can't even comprehend that, but that that's what it was. So time went on. I quit a few times. Um, back then, I think a journeyman pipe fitter was making 25 bucks an hour. I started at 15 bucks an hour. And the apprenticeship program or time vested to become a journeyman is five years. Okay. And then you get, you get cards. Okay. So when you're, and I called the union rep about this about a month ago and I said, what can I do? And he said, not a fucking thing. And then he goes, well, what do you want? You know, I, I don't want anything. I want my back pay. Well, there's nothing you can do. Okay. So when you start out at a union shop, you are supposed to be initiated by a letter of recommendation or date of hire to and there can be a probation period. I don't know the exact freaking you know procedure, but I do know this. 
when you start working for a union company in Chicago, local 597 pipe fitters, you are supposed to be initiated into the union and start on a permit. Okay. I have all the documents and I saved them and they're 35 years old. Don't ask me why. Uh, of my points accrued for my retirement. Cause if you work a full year, you get one point towards your retirement, which I have 11, 11 years. Okay. I wasn't initiate. Well, I should, I should turn her hand before I do that. So anyway, I'm working there and I'm busting my ass and I'm just a kid and I'm thinking everything's going to be great. Just, Work, 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 work. And I have a work ethic and I've been told many, many times I have a great, strong work ethic and please don't former customers that I still talk to, please don't get out of this industry. We need people like you with, with your work ethic. <laughs> okay. So time went on, I'm busting my ass. I go to school at night, Elgin Community College. Worked all day, went to school at night. One or two times a week at night. Learned what I needed to do. And then all of a sudden, people are getting hired with less experience than me at my dad's company. And people are passing me up in pay. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Then he hired a guy that owned a pizza place and wanted to get out of it in Streamwood. So he brought him in. Now this guy was older than me, but I don't see what the fuck that has to do anything. Cause I literally went to this guy's pizza place and fixed his shit when he was operating his pizza place, his ice machine. So my dad hired him and brought him on and about after a year or two i found out that he's making more money than me so i confront my dad he goes well he's going to the union schools and this and that and everything else i go what union schools what are you fucking talking about i'm going to college at night at ecc oh well no there's 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 a program for the union oh well why didn't the fuck didn't you tell me then there's another guy that came in and he got his B card. So the progression of getting initiated to get to get the journeyman level in 597 is upon hire or thereabouts after probation period, I would say uh, permit, a C card, a B card and an A card. I got my A card and it was I did not get initiated. I have the card. I did not get initiated until the into the union until either five or seven years after working after working so i essentially put in my five years and i wasn't even in the union so there was no time accrued towards my retirement or being a uaw 597 pipe fitter member union member so i dealt with the pizza guy okay 
And then, and then another guy came in and then I found out he got his B card and I'm still on my permit. Not knowing about any classes, not doing this. I tried to go down to the pipe fitter union on Ogden Avenue and go to a class. And the guy teaching the class pulled me in his office and he goes, what's your, uh, what's your card number or what's, you know, whatever. And it's your social security number. So I knew that much. So I rattled it off to him and he goes, well, you're on a permit. And I said, yeah, I know, but I need the schooling. He said to me, well, you can't come here on a permit. You need to have a C card. He goes, you can stay for the class, but you can't come back. I'm like, what the fuck? So anyway, then I, then I find out. Well, I kept bugging to get my C card or my B card, and I, my dad and his partner wouldn't give it to me for whatever fucking reason because the employer has to write a letter, a letter of recommendation for advancement, so I'm told. Never, never happened. They just stonewalled me and oppressed me the whole fucking time. Then I find out they hire another guy, and he comes in, and he gets his B card while he's working there. So that was it. That was it. I called the union hall and I said, look, I said, I, and I wasn't even this aggressive or assertive. I said, look, they hired a guy. He came in, he has less experience. You know, I've been working here for a while. Uh, and the business agent said, give me your social security number. And I did. And he looked me up and I am quoting what he said to me. He said, huh? He said, you got plenty of options and you're getting fucked. He said, come down here to the union hall and bring your $500 and I will give you your B card. You won't even have to take the test because remember I said, you got to go to school and you go to school and you got to pass the classes and then you got to take a test. He just gave me my B card. His words were exactly, you're getting fucked. So I got my B card, gave him his 500 bucks. My wife at the time painted my parents' house because we were fucking dirt poor. Gee, I wonder why. And uh, doing work without getting paid for it or what the, the rate I should have been getting paid for. Doing B card and some A card work on a permit. So my wife painted my parents' house and paid her $500 so I could get my fucking B card. Swear to God. So then I think there was three or four times, it could be more, that I quit working for my dad and he came back and I quit working for my dad. And uh, my dad's partner's son quit and he took a hiatus for a long time, long time. So then he came back. And remember, I was being oppressed. And then I would say he was back for a year or two. And then my dad's partner, not my dad, decided on his own that his son and me should become service supervisors. I'm like, okay, I think I still have the letter actually, because it was sent out to everybody in the company. I'm like, oh, cool. That's cool. You know, so I'll be the North side supervisor and my dad's partner's son will be the South side supervisor divided by North Avenue, which is 64 designating the difference between north and south 
And I was going to management school at that time because then I started thinking, well, if I need to advance, I need to go to school because that's what the pizza guy did. Okay. Except he went to the union school, but I couldn't get into the union school because they wouldn't give me my B card or C card to get in the school. So I'm like, fuck them. And I was always told from that day in 1983 on my back porch with my dad drunk, drunk as fuck, which he probably doesn't even remember saying that I was going to get half the business or, you know, run it or whatever. So the owner's son came back after years of hiatus and almost immediately got shoved into supervisor. And my dad was not even aware of this. He's like, oh, okay. So they took us out to dinner and told us we're being promoted. Congratulations. My dad's partner's son got a $6 an hour raise. I got a $3 an hour raise. And he was brought up to my level after I was there, busting fucking balls, being underpaid, doing all this shit, getting passed up. And just like that, he comes back in after a year at the most and is at my level after all the time that I put into that fucking company. Being underpaid, mind you. I'm like, oh, that that's interesting. So, um... I took that opportunity to the extreme and I was told Tim, my dad, Tim, go out and ask customers what they want. And two things, they go send the same guy to fix my crap and send me an estimate. This was back in like 1995 or something long time ago. Let's just use easy numbers. 1993. So that was 30 years ago, <laughs> fucking 30 years ago. And I asked customers, and that's the two things that they wanted. So I told my dad that, and pretty much they did that to a point. I mean, back then, sending an estimate was like, well, what the fuck you want that for? You know, but you can't run a call without giving an estimate, which I implemented into my business. Anyway, then my dad said, okay, our inventory parts, truck stock warranty is just horrendous. Can, can you work on that? Or he told me to work on a directive. I'm like, yeah. So I did it all by myself. Came up with an inventory system. To this day, I just talked to my CPA that did my books, who's a friend of mine. Uh, for 20 years, he did my books. And he told me just the other day, he goes, I've never seen anybody except, you know, maybe like a retail shop that has to track inventory. I've never seen an inventory system like yours. I'm like, wow, okay. And that inventory system that I came up with for my dad's company, I used in my company and it works like a charm. The only time it don't work is when you don't do it right, which people tried to do that. And I'm not going to get into that. So that happened and then... Um, the final, oh, so I did the inventory system and essentially it's, see people in this industry and owners think that when you have inventory in your place of business, that's like a supply house. That's not a supply house. The inventory in your place of business 
is what you replenish your trucks with. So the items that are in your inventory in-house, which has higher min-max numbers, replaces what the guys use in their truck for the week. Okay? And it's just a constant rotation. And they come in once a week, turn in their paperwork, get their parts. Uh, don't get, I paid them on a Monday there, but that's not how my dad did it. But anyway, he had a payroll service, which I should have had, but I'm not, that's a whole different discussion. And it was a constant rotation. And then the guys would get their, their, their uh, inventory or truck stock back replenished by what was in the shop based on their tickets and what they built. Okay. So it was a, a check and balance to make sure that they were using their parts because if they didn't or they said they did or and then they didn't get one back, it's like two things. They either forgot to put it on their service ticket or they're doing side work. It stuck out like a sore thumb. But here's where it got where I had to quit. Restocking trucks includes refrigerant. So I would buy refrigerant, have it brought to the shop. So when the guys use the refrigerant, they got it back. Okay. Cause the last thing you want to do, especially on a weekend and you're on call, you're running a call and you don't have any refrigerant. Okay. Or really on any job, but the worst case scenario is you're on an overtime call. You go to your truck and go, fuck, I don't have any R22. Uh Oh, well, the truck stock inventory I created resolved that. So we were getting down uh, in quantity in the shop because it's expensive. It's really expensive now. So to replenish the truck stock, I ordered a skid, which I think is 30. I think it's 30 drums of gas because that's how low we were getting. And we were getting into the summer or it was... It was starting to get hot, so I made sure my guys had refrigerant in their truck so they could do their job. Well, my dad's partner called me and said, uh, hey, Tim, can you like wait a couple weeks on this refrigerant and we'll get it when some money comes in? And I said, yeah, sure, I get it. Cash flow crunch, I get it. So I waited a couple weeks. I ordered the refrigerant. He calls me like a raving fucking lunatic yells at me who the fuck do you think you are you i told you not to order refrigerant blah 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 and i said no you said wait a couple weeks which i did and i ordered it if things change you're supposed to fucking tell me so he said who the fuck you think you are this and that fuck you and everything else and hung up the phone on me that's when i quit i can't help but you're a controlling fucking prick and I did what you told me to do. And I'm trying to take care of the customer and have my guys in their fucking truck so they're not stuck without refrigerant, especially on a Saturday night on a walk-in freezer. So it was all a power thing with him. And it's not a big deal. It could have been, hey, Tim, I saw you ordered it. I told you that. But, you know, we're going to have to take some of it back because we're still in a cash flow crunch. That's how a professional, mature person handles a business situation. 
when you told me to create, implement, and maintain a fucking inventory. Okay. See, but you don't, you don't hear that because my son shared a story with me, with my dad and my son asked my dad if he could get, get him a job at the company that my dad retired from. And he goes, I, you know, I'd love to, but you know, uh, your dad, uh, your dad caused problems there. And, uh, I just don't want to keep hearing about it. And, uh, so I'd love to get you a job there, but I can't cause of your dad. And he, my dad shared this very story that my dad told my son, well, your dad was there and he ordered a bunch of refrigerant and Ted told him not to. And, uh, I'm tired about hearing that story. Uh, yeah, that's not the entire story telling it to my fucking son which my dad's version of would make me look like an asshole story of my life. So then I, uh, I was very upset. I went home. I actually cried in front of my wife and I said, I need to leave here. I can't work here. And then I went to a competitor for six months and I was a threat there. And, uh, then I got fired from that job for reader's digest version. And then I started my own company in uh, December of 1997 and never looked back. This is a chapter in my life, in my professional career. You don't tell somebody some fucking kid that just graduated high school, especially your son and go, Oh, come work for me. 50 grand in five years. And you'll have half the business or buy half the business. Well, fucking whatever he said, let's just say bought buy it. Cause you can't give it to me. It's gotta be evaluated by an actuary pretty much. And then you gotta buy them out. You just can't give a fucking business to somebody to my knowledge. It's not how it works because you have stock shares, which are usually a thousand and, uh, the value of the company is based on whatever. And you just can't give somebody a fucking You can't give shares of a company. I guess you could give shares. I guess you could gift them because it's happened, but regardless, let's just say, you know, I, I highly doubt it was going to be given to me, especially with my dad, how he was with money. And there's no fucking way he would have gifted me half of the value of the company to me because he was half business, half owner, 50-50. So that, that, <laughs> that, that's just uh, one chapter that, and see, my wife knew all this stuff, and I just can't believe she saw that, how upset I was and what I did and told her the whole thing, that poor woman at the time as it progressed to that point. So she knew, and I just can't believe that woman utterly fucking destroyed me. I just can't. Yeah. You know, I'm like, wow, you saw all the shit I went through and struggles <laughs> and you have no problem fucking destroying me after all that we went through that. That's why, 
that's why I have big reservations and getting that close to somebody again because it, it's it's surreal. And then people are like, well, you just haven't gotten your over your ex-wife. No, I haven't gotten over a human being that I provided for, protected, helped her grow, spoiled her, treat her like a fucking queen, and literally fucking destroyed me. That's what I have a problem with. I don't even know this woman anymore because the woman I married would never do that. And if I sensed that she did, I never would have married her, let alone have kids and started a business with her. I didn't even think about it. When I incorporated 50% owner, her 50% owner, me, why, why not? She's my partner. So another setback from family by family, except this one was just utter, utter annihilation. From the inside, feeding her lies and gaslighting her and discrediting me and destroying my reputation and defamation of character uh, because I wasn't um, faithful to her. And uh, that person moved in and wanted to go in business with her after we got divorced, which I told her was going to happen because that was his plan. So, but for some reason, people won't confront this guy. They won't say nothing to him and he can do no wrong. And he's Jesus Christ himself. Uh, and I've been replaced by my entire family. And that is the realization I just came to after my dad's funeral in wake by my own sister, my own daughter, my son, not really, but he won't do anything. So uh, not doing anything is part of the problem. Uh, my dad just never had my back on anything. Uh, my mom, uh, again, like my son really wouldn't do anything and she just lets it happen. And with all my pleas and all my concerns and warnings, um, this person's finally made it to the high echelon or hierarchy of my family, which was my parents. And I saw it coming and I told them and they didn't listen. And yeah, it finally mission accomplished. So there's nothing left. And uh, that's choices that people made, not me. I never thought in a million years being four days away from fucking 59 that I would be outcasted from my family. Nobody would listen to me. Nobody would care. Nobody did care. Destroyed from a woman by a woman. Well, that's, that's the law. It's the divorce law. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Whatever. Here we go again. Because the law says you can do it. That makes it right. Okay. Whatever. Um, infiltrated. Mission accomplished. And uh, 
that really, really uh, was shown to me at my dad's wake and his funeral. So I'm done. So I would never think at 59 years old, I would be this disconnected by my quote unquote family. Now I didn't burn a bridge, but I told them all when you decide to throw this guy out of your life and his dysfunctional family, then go ahead and contact me. But until then don't cause I'm done. I've been it's seven years. Actually, it's been longer than that. I don't want this person and my wife at the time and my daughter didn't want this person in our family. Uh, but somehow, some way he just kind of flipped everything and then made me look like the bad guy and him, the victim. You can't make this shit up. So I'm done with all that. So losing my business while well, losing the first business that I told I was going to take over losing my business that I started because I did the respectful, honorable thing and left everybody in which I was told by my dad that my dad's partner wanted to sue me. Um, I don't know for what good luck sue me and take me to court because I was being so successful and uh, wanted to come after me. But see, I'm not good enough when I'm working for you, when I'm working for you. And I was told I was going to get half this company or buy it. Future owner. Can't have it both ways. You know, uh, you're going to press me and keep, treat me like a piece of shit as an employee. And then I finally walk away and I do what I got to do. And now you're going to come after me and sue me. Swear to God, everything I'm telling you is true. And then, like I said, I called the union because, you know, I'm going to be 59 now on my retirement. I was putting away 40 bucks a week forever since 87 and uh, mutual funds and um, saving for my retirement. But life got in the way and uh, it's all gone. I have a retirement plan with the union. Uh, which is going to be a whopping $500 a month, I think, before taxes, and then Social Security. Good luck. And I'm probably going to end up in an old folks' home, losing my fucking mind, and not one family member to come visit me. So I'm going to die a lonely old man, which I told, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not looking for compassion or anything. I'm just saying, which I told my ex-wife when she walked out on me the very last time. Cause we kind of reconnected uh, and reconciled after the divorce. And, and then it just went to hell. Cause she got pissed that I went to a lesbian friend's birthday party. <laughs> so, okay. So she promptly left. And, uh, I said, uh, I said, you know, you're going to have a boyfriend in six months. She did. She married the guy. I go, and I'm going to die alone. And she said, I would never let that happen. I love you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Heard of that before. And, uh, yeah, I haven't spoken to her in seven years and I never want to speak to that woman as long as I live. So what I'm saying is, like I said, this is just, you know, 
a very small part of my experience of life on planet earth as a physical human being. Uh, but there's a couple things you should get out of this. Family is everything. I don't see a point in it, but when your family's not family, then they're not family. And if you want to acquiesce and bow down to it with people that think they won the war when they only won the battle or battles to destroy you, um, you can't give up. You just can't give up. You always have to fight. And uh, even if that means you're going to be 59, don't have a pot to piss in, living in a one-bedroom apartment alone, and you're making, if I'm lucky, $90,000 a year when I was making $350,000 a year. And you don't have a family. You don't have a dog. You don't have a cat. You have a piece of shit car that's fucking... 20 years old, a dirt bike, a couple guitars, handful of friends. And retirement age is going to be seven years away, which I'm going to get taxed on. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're taking money out of my check that I don't want you to. And uh, then you're going to tax me on the money you took out of my fucking check, which was already a tax to begin with. And then you're going to tax it as income. That's a fucking racket. Well, yeah, because when we take Social Security out, that's not your money. See, people have the illusion, and then I'm going to shut up, that when they take your Social Security money out of your check, it's your money. No, that goes to some other asshole that's on Social Security. So it's like in the rears. So you're paying for somebody else's Social Security. So they're taking taxes out of your check, and it's income because they're giving it to somebody else that's on social security. That is the most fucked up system I've ever heard in my life. If you're going to take money out of my check and it's for my retirement, then fucking put it in a social security account. Well, kind of technically it is. No, it's not because you taxed me and you put it in an account that should stay there and accrue and grow with some type of reasonable interest return. And then when I start using it, yeah, tax me on a capital gain for interest in an investment because of all that money sitting there for that long. And that's fine. That I mean, well, that's not fine. I still don't agree with that. But no. So when I retire or you retire on Social Security, that's how they play this fucking game. While you're getting Social Security income from somebody that's working currently, taking it out of their check and giving it to you. So it's considered income. So you're going to be taxed on it. Can't make this shit up. What? I don't know. I, I know I can't buy a house. I'm not going to sign a 30 year mortgage. I'm not going to sign a 15 year mortgage. Uh, not how easy the banks can take away your house. Um, or God forbid you have to walk away from it because it value falls in half like 2008. 
I can't do that. Um, I'm not going to end up in an old old folks home. I'll smear peanut butter all, all my, over myself if I'm still uh, coherent and go up in the mountains and let a grizzly bear fucking eat my ass because it's not happening. So I'm not going to an old folks home. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do. I know what I can't do. I don't know what I can do. But I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to stop fighting. And I'll go to my grave fighting, whether it's me alone and nobody comes to my funeral and nobody comes to my wake and I die a lonely old man. I don't fucking care. Because in the end, I have God and I have Jesus Christ and I am not alone. And that is what's gotten me through all of my shit all the way back from 1983. God didn't give up. Jesus didn't give up. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to fight. But when the ultimate sacrifice is you and everything you did for everybody, it cuts pretty fucking deep. Things are going to get very challenging. And I pray to God for you that your family and you get stronger because that's what's supposed to happen. Just because things are tough or people say stuff or this or that or whatever is telling you who not to have in your life, not to take them in and vow to protect them at all costs over your own husband by marriage vows. I don't, I don't get it. I don't fucking get it. But I hope what's happened to me doesn't happen to you. But it may. And then you're going to find out how fucking strong you really are. But you better not stop fighting. Because it's going to get very challenging here. As you will soon see. I've lost everything. And then some. Can you handle losing everything? Every single thing that you've worked hard for and people in your life that you're protected and provided for. Can you still fight? You better answer that fucking question. Because you're probably going to have to. I never thought it would. Believe me. <laughs> but you just may. So that's that. I'm done. I don't mean to bring anybody down. I'm just telling you, the whole moral of this stuff is never stop fighting. That's it. Never stop fighting. No matter what, not until the end when the Lord finally decides it's time to go. And that's all I can tell you. So in the future, there'll be more references and books and ways that I've um, overcome this stuff or dealt with it. I don't know if you really overcome it. I mean, how could you? Uh, but but I'm not going to treat other people like they're going to do to me what my own family did. That's not fair. Um, 
But I am very, 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 very cautious in who I let into my life and who I trust. Uh, and that's the way it's always going to be. Circle of friends is very, very, very small. And that's enough for me. Uh, just but be careful. Don't worry about the people that are in front of you and the ones that you know are your enemy. Worry about the ones that you provide for and take care of that are standing behind you that may just have a knife to put right in your fucking back. That is betrayal. And you will never see it coming until it's too late. But don't be paranoid either. <laughs> it's like a, I, I don't know what to tell you. Just listen to your gut. That's all I can tell you. If I would have listened to my gut, like I started to in the beginning, but then I had my daughter look at me like, oh, you hire blankety blank, blah, blah, blah. Uh, be careful with your heart. Um, listen to your gut. That's all I can tell you. Because it fucking destroyed me. So I'm done. It's it. Hopefully enough of that crap. But I only brought this up because of the movie and because that I just really think it's time to write a book. Uh, and that time has occurred because my dad passed away. And uh, and I'm not talking to my family. So it's like the repercussions that I'm going to get is irrelevant. And it's all true anyway. Um, and... Uh, that's that. So it's not about revenge or accountability or anything. It's to read the book and go, holy fuck. The name of the book is called Unraveled. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, what was supposed to happen and what I was told and what I did. And then some of it came to fruition, but it was unraveled. My life was unraveled or reverse engineered or whatever you want to call it. And I think that's the best title. It was unraveled which it never should have been, but it was. So there you go. I'm going to let you go. I got to go to works 522. Have a great day again. Please do not take this as, Oh, well, poor Tim and this and that and everything else. Like, no, just replace you with me. And, and, um, I just listen to your gut, man. That's all, that's all I can tell you. Because I said the same thing. Oh, that'll never happen to me. My wife loves me. We're soulmates. She even said she couldn't live without me. And a friend told me that. And all this stuff. And we've been through everything and hell and back and this and that. It doesn't fucking matter. What matters is who you let into your life. And all it takes is the wrong person, the wrong family. And you will be utterly fucking destroyed. So if you have your family, and your circle of friends at this point and stage of your life, I would close the fucking door if I were you. But you can't control who your daughter wants to marry or who your son wants to marry unless you say, I don't like this person. No, I will not give you permission and my wishes uh, to marry my daughter or my son. Or It wouldn't be your son. It would be your daughter. But whatever. And then you're going to be an asshole. <laughs> so it's like, well, better to be an asshole than to be a broke, destroyed asshole. Tell them and tell you. Anyway, I wish all you the best. Uh, I'm just telling you, uh, I, I'm just saying, don't, don't stop fighting. Don't, no matter what happens to you, do not stop fighting. 
because you're being pushed to a higher level. You just don't realize it. And it's such a fucking hard thing, man. The hardest thing I've ever dealt with in my life, but my life's not over. I'm not done fighting. I got a good 20 years left and I will go to the gray fighting and whoever's by my side is by my side. If you're not, you can all fuck off and go to hell and I'm done. And I am very grateful to the people that have still hung around really, truly know me, saw what happened for what's what it really is. And God bless you. I love you to death. I call you friend and family. And that's it. I'm done. You have a great day. I'm going to go and uh, fucking see you later, man. Have a great day. You've been listening to the original Red Pill Show.